they matter because how you treat them is going to have an impact on you and your character, your integrity, as well as those who are looking at you in that very moment and how they're going to treat you. So it's a ripple effect. And I think it's important that we are aware of how we treat others. And a nice way to kind of put it is build your karma for tomorrow by giving your best today. You are listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today is going to be a special one. It's going to be a short one. Uh, I don't have a guest with me tonight, but... um. I have quite a bit on my mind that I want to talk about, and I think it's important. Uh, So that's why I want to share it on this episode. This is also a significant episode for me. It is uh, episode 60. So a few things came to mind. I had some really rich conversations. First of all, I want to say uh, happy Easter. Uh, We just celebrated Easter. You know, to anybody that celebrates Easter, happy Easter and uh, Good Friday so forth. Now, today is significant, like I said, because I had a few conversations with some really dope individuals that I do my best to surround myself with. And so obviously some of those conversations are significant for me. And so I think, you know, you will benefit from it as well. A few things came up and I just started thinking more and more about people and and um, how we function and why we do some of the things that we do. And it got me really thinking about, uh, you know, some of the decisions that we make and how we come to those those uh, decisions. And more importantly, how those decisions that we make impact us, whether we are aware of it presently or the impact they're going to have in the future. And I don't think we give it much thought, much credit, um, you know, some of the decisions that we, we come to make. I've also come to learn that a lot of decisions that we make are pretty impulsive or sometimes very emotional and very little um, thinking is, is put into a lot of decisions that we make, which is fair. I mean, we are emotional beings, right? So I'm aware of that. So A few topics that I want to talk about, one of the major ones is going to be, you know, the debate between rent, renting, or, um, you know, paying a mortgage. And so I'll get into that a little bit more. But first of all, let let me start with this. What you do today is going to have an impact on what happens to you with you, or for you tomorrow. So I really want us to really consider the actions, decisions, the words, the choices of words, and how we treat others 
We need to be present. We need to be conscious and be, you know, ever more present when we are interacting with somebody else. And we don't, we don't really value that interaction. It depends on who the individual is. If we find value in that person, then we'll treat them as such, you know, as valuable. If we don't seek value or a benefit in that individual, and we will treat them as such as well, as though they are insignificant. The truth of the matter is every single person you meet is significant. Whether you identify or, you know, want to categorize that individual as being rude, mean, disrespectful, offensive, or any of those types of, uh, you know, labels that you want to throw at the individual, they are significant. They matter because how you treat them is going to have an impact on you and your character, your integrity, as well as those who are looking at you in that very moment and how they're going to treat you. So it's a ripple effect. And I think it's important that we are aware of how we treat others. And a nice way to kind of put it is build your karma for tomorrow by giving your best today. Like really, really analyze that and break that down. You know, a lot of people talk about success. That's been a a buzzword. And uh, financial freedom, that's been another buzzword for several years now. And generational wealth is another one. You know, so there's a lot of buzzwords and we're throwing them around loosely. But the problem is many of us who throw these, these terms and ideas around aren't achieving those things. And we are not achieving those things simply because we are not treating other people right. You cannot expect to be successful if you mistreat people because your success is strictly and solely dependent on how you treat other people. Think about that. The sooner you can grasp that concept, the quicker and the potential for your success is going to appear for you. Whatever that is, it doesn't have to be financial. It can be happiness. It can be joy. It can be a successful relationship. It could be getting to the place where you get to establish a family that you're looking for uh, or a job that you're looking for. But none of those things will come to flourishing. And they won't because of how you decided or you choose to treat other people. This applies to whether the person is new, the first interaction you have with this individual or someone you've known for 20, 30 years. It could be the way you treat family members, your peers, your coworkers. doesn't matter who the individual is. If you don't have a positive impact, the karma that's coming back to you tomorrow won't be positive. You can't expect it to be positive because you're not giving that. And you shouldn't expect something You've never given, right? So 
how you treat individuals is going to have a significant impact on how you're going to turn out the person you're going to be or you want to be success and however that looks like to you that you want to attain won't come. And it's just frustrating because I see people mistreating people every single day. And we think it's all right. We've come to the space where we believe this is normal. From the way you look at an individual because they said something you didn't like or didn't agree with or didn't align with your moral compass. And that's it. It's a snapshot moment and you categorize that individual almost as if this is who they are for the rest of time. And that is one of the most ignorant things we can do. Right? Learn to see the good in every individual that you meet. Oftentimes I find that people who come across as rude or offensive are hurting. They really are. And the reason why oftentimes I think they come across that way is because that's the only way they can protect themselves from hurt again. They figure, let me hurt somebody else before I get hurt. It's a defense mechanism. Right? And over time, what happens is we start to take that as if that's who that individual is. And guess what? We fall into this trap of me versus them. It's a mentality thing. Right? That's the other part. That's another thing that I noticed recently too, I've been thinking about is the me versus them mentality. Right? As opposed to me plus them will have greater impact. Everything works better when you pull people in to support it. But when you say, no, 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 no. You can stay over there. I'll do this by myself. Ever notice how much longer and harder you got to work to get the results? Compared to if you just call the people that you didn't want to be a part of and say, hey, what do you think about this idea? Right? And have them contribute. And please, when they do contribute, give them their credit because they did something. They helped you out. Doesn't matter how insignificant you think that that helped was give the credit don't take it you don't need all that shine let them shine why because the more they shine the more they're willing to help you because you're giving them all the light they feel better about themselves you feel great about the results now you have a stronger team supporting you and they're happy to do so because everything they do they get credited for So that me versus them, got to throw that out the window. Every day I tell myself and anybody that asks, I have a vision, I have a plan. But I can't achieve it without the amazing people I surround myself with. Right? People matter. It's not just you You think you're in a better position than another person, so you feel as though you are better than them? No. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. 
I challenge you to stop and ask an, an, a homeless individual or someone you you thought was in a lesser position than you in the past or currently and ask them their opinion on something that you've been thinking about. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised as what you'll get from people if you just gave them a chance or treated them as though they were your equal. Everyone matters. The minute you think other the other person does not matter is when you've lost a potential friend, partner, customer, right? Ally, all of that. The more people you have around you that believe in what you stand for, what you represent, and what you do for people, your character, your integrity, the more valuable you are. Right? That's social currency. That's social media currency. That real social currency. When you have other people speaking for you in the best possible light at all times when you're not even in the room. That's, that's success. When you can get other people telling other people how great you are. And when you are asked how great you are, you say, no, I'm not the great one. I'm lucky because I have all these amazing people, all these wonderful and great people around me who help me do what I need to do. They help me achieve my goals. And in return, I give them my service. You have to be of service to others. You can't be self-serving. You will never achieve your goals that way. Right? I'll leave you with this too. I heard this somewhere. can't remember exactly where, but it was very impactful, so I had to write it down. The mind is the dream employee. Okay? The mind is the dream employee that we all have. That unfortunately, we frequently abuse and misuse. Another thing I've come to realize is we we love to work out because we want to take care of our body. A lot of us do different diets because we want to take care of our body, but we fail to recognize that the brain, the mind is a part of the body. In fact, it's the same mind that gave you the inclination to say, hey, I need to take care of my body. It's the mind sending you that message that's communicating with you, your spirit, to let you know something's wrong. You need to change something. Have you noticed this change in your body? Do something about it. It's your, it's your main source of information. So the question I'm going to throw at you guys is, why aren't we taking care of that? If that's our number one communicating source, communication source, it lets us know when something's wrong, when there's pain, when there's, you know, an ache, we pull the muscle. It lets us know, wait a minute, something's wrong. My arm is broken. It lets you know, wait, uh, you're hungry. You got to do something about it, right? 
It lets you know you got a headache, that you got a migraine, that you're stressed. It, it takes care of everything. That's your motherboard. But why is it the last muscle, the last organism that we take care of? When it's the first one to let us know everything we need to know about not only our bodies, but our environment. So let that sink in for a minute. The reason why I'm I'm bringing that up is because that quote is actually very, very powerful and true. Our mind is the one thing we don't take good care of. A lot of us don't like to read. We consume a lot of negative, you know, content. And that's considered brain food. So if your brain is taking in a lot of toxicity, what do you think is going to happen to you as a person? Over time, you're only going to become cold, cynical, maybe, right? Very closed off to others, not open to new information, jaded, bitter, angry, miserable, You know, so these are the things that can happen. It's also a muscle that if you don't exercise, it does deteriorate. And that's a scary thought to know that your brain can deteriorate because you're not using it. It's no different from every other muscle that you have. So keep that in mind. The mind is the dream employee and we all have them. We're bosses of our entity, we say, right? of ourselves. We believe we're free. That's another episode. Okay, we'll talk about that. But think about that. We have a superstar employee, which is our mind, but we don't let it shine. What do you think happens to that number one employee? They become disgruntled. They become miserable. They don't appreciate what they have. They don't like their job. They don't like their bosses. Heck, they don't even like their, their, their co-workers. And this is supposed to be our superstar employee, employee at a month, every month. What do you think is going to happen naturally over time when you mistreat that individual? Okay? So really process that. How you treat others, whether in your workplace, your place of business, your home, right? A sports team. Every single thing that you do, you got to consider the other person. Sometimes you really have to give up whatever it is that you're feeling. Maybe you don't want to be nice to this person because it was just rude to you and you feel like you need to return that energy. I'm here to tell you, don't. Don't return that energy. Don't match it. You're just bringing yourself down to a lower level that you don't belong. Right? Instead, shower them with the opposite. Potentially, that individual could be hurting and needs some attention. That's why they're doing what they're doing. But they may not know how to get the positive attention they need. So they keep doing what they know best, which is the negative energy, right? 
you got to be able to catch those things. No one said life is easy. And for the reward, you know, of, of achieving anything to be worth it, you got to put into work. You got to have some skin in the game. If you're not invested, the reward wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter what the reward is. You won't appreciate it. But take it for granted. Okay. Now, <clears throat> something else that I, I, I noticed too in these conversations I've had um, over the weekend and, and this past week is that I'm realizing more and more people quit the minute they find a job. <laughs> no, seriously, think about that. People quit working when they find a job. You see, all the work they put in, the prepping, the preparation of my resume, I'm going to do on this interview, um, my outfit that I'm going to wear, if it's an in-person interview, if it's a Zoom interview, how I'm going to, you know, my background, um, my lighting. <clears throat> I want to make sure I put my best foot forward. Um, all these things that we put into place to make sure we shine on that day to secure the job or the bag, whatever you want to call it. But think about that. We put in a lot of work to get the job. The minute we get the job, we stop working. We stop preparing. We stop setting goals. We stop going above and beyond to perform. Why? And it came to me. The reason we stopped working is because we found safety. The reason we stopped working is because we found comfort. Right? And comfort is a recipe for failure. Comfort and safety is a recipe for mediocre. That's when the grind settles and you stop working. I got a consistent paycheck. I don't need to look for another job. Not saying just because you got this job, you need to move on to get another job in a month. But you got this job, you're comfortable, you think it's going to be for a long period. You've now put your faith in your future in the hands of another person who can say, you know what, you're fired. Boy, when that happens, whew, when that happens, there's only so many people who can experience that, who have experienced it and, and, and understand what that means. So I say that to say, don't get comfortable. So don't stop working just because you got the job. There's more to you than what you think. Okay? There's way more to you than you think. Don't stop working because you got the job. And if you think I'm, you know, I'm throwing a bunch of smoke up your backside, let me know. Leave me a comment. If you think, you know, what I'm saying makes sense and you appreciate it, Leave me a comment. Let me know that. Let me know you appreciate what I'm talking to you about. 
Because if you're listening to this, I'm speaking to you. Take a look around. Look at your interaction with other people. Right? Are you building your karma for tomorrow? By giving your all today? Do you suffer from that me versus them mentality? And what are you doing about it? Are you mistreating or abusing that employee of the month, which is your mind, a dream employee? Are you are you abusing them? Or have you locked them up and haven't even entertained the idea of putting them uh, on stage to do the work? Right? And are you that individual who quit the minute you got the job you've been applying for, for all these years? You see, because the minute you quit working after you got the job, your skills become dull. A new, you know, a new piece, a new knife is coming off the block, sharp, ready to do the work. But you've been sitting for so long because you got comfortable. You found peace. You found safety. The grind stopped for you the minute you got a steady check. Then you know what, what starts to happen after you got the steady check coming in, right? You become ungrateful. Your vision becomes blurry and you lose sight of why you wanted that job to begin with. You forgot about the past. The long nights of prepping, tweaking your resume, preparing for the interview and, and performing. The rehearsals, you forgot about all of that. The practice, the thousand shots that you put up because you made it where you wanted to be. You got comfortable. Now, the minute you get comfortable, please don't get it twisted. Everybody can see that you're comfortable. You can't hide that. You start saying less yeses, more no's come out of your mouth. Somebody asks you, hey, can you help me with this? Do you mind taking on this? And you say no. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm not paid to do that. That's not in my job description. Where does it say that in my job description? I didn't sign up to do that. That's not a part of my job. Why should I do that? I think I deserve a raise. You know what? Pay me more and I'll do more. Those are all the pitfalls of someone who feels safe and gotten comfortable. Because they stopped working the minute they got the check. So look in the mirror and have a hard conversation with yourself. Have you quit? Because everything that I just mentioned, if you have ever uttered one of these things out of your mouth, that's an easy tell to let you know that you've already quit working. Some of us look towards our pension. Oh, I got a pension, so I'm good. Right? I got benefits, so I'm good. You stop working. But what if that pension is not there for you when you're ready to cash out? 
that's when you panic and you go back to Walmart and say, hey, I need a job. I'm 65. I can do something at the door for you. I can greet people. I can do this. I can bag groceries. I can go to Costco and do something like that for you. Come on, give me a job. When that sense of safety and comfort is threatened, (laughs) right? When that's threatened, that's when you want to start working again. Right? And that brings me to another statement that I heard a while back as well. And it reads, there are others who only start working after they have been threatened of getting fired. So until that threat comes, they're going to start abusing the system, mistreating the system the same way they mistreat and abuse that employee at a month. Which is the mind when that safety or comfort gets threatened that's when everybody wants to be a hustler again that's when everybody wants to grind because now they realize just as easily as they got comfortable it can easily be taken away this leads me to that whole dream that we have most of us that financial freedom, right? A trend that went on in 2021 all the way into 2022 is, you know, the crypto and the stock game. Everybody and their mother was buying stocks. And it was the easiest thing to do as if, you know, you're going to bulk barn and you're just picking up a whole bunch of random candies and, and, and you know, uh, grains and things like that. That's how easy it was to get into stocks and crypto. Everybody jumped in on it. But no one stopped to question why such a, an industry became so easily accessible to the average person. Whereas in the past, it's always seemed as though it was a mysterious and, and prestigious thing to get into. You needed X amount of money and so forth. There's a reason why they allowed the door to open for the average person to be able to invest as easily as it is now. Because they understand that there's a lack of experience and knowledge. And with that means easy money to be made, not by the average person, but by those with the knowledge and the expertise. Because of the number of years they've invested in learning the system in that industry. But I'm no expert on stocks. I'm no expert on crypto. So I'm, I won't dive in too much on that. I say that to say this. There's also been a lot of chatter about whether to rent or to get yourself a mortgage. Notice my choice of words there. I did not say to rent or to own a home because that is another misleading term that is being used. Everybody thinks you put a down payment down and you become a homeowner. No, you become the owner of a mortgage, not the home. The home is not yours until you paid it off. Let's not get it confused. Until it is paid off, 
you own a mortgage. Please don't let anybody tell you any different because that's the reality of it. So let's talk a little bit about this. To rent or to get a mortgage. What is a person to do? The obvious, the obvious is the market has been crazy. It's been going nuts and everybody knows this. And unfortunately, a lot of people decided, you know what? I need to get in. Now is the time when it's too expensive is when I need to get in. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that is the wrong approach. It really is. It really is. I know people who, who rushed to jump into this crazy market we just went through. To get a home, they had no business picking up. Just for the sake of saying, I got into the market. I wish people had the same drive, the same grind, the same energy four years ago. The market was calmer, much more affordable. But they see it go up and then they say, I need to buy. Everybody knows you're supposed to buy when it's low, sell when it's high. And if you don't, I'm sorry, but you need to go back to the basics because otherwise you're going to lose a lot more money than you did in in purchasing that property at its highest peak. And now factor in that individual who spends 1.2, 1.6, whatever it is on a house that was purchased five years ago for $470,000. Now the market is cooling down and you own this mortgage of 1.5. What that's telling you is the value of your home is dropping. But you're still on the hook for that 1.5. And nobody's going to buy it for more than that or that price because the market price has been leveled out. So the real question you got to ask yourself is... What is the value of my property? Okay. Now, that's just for those who jumped in, you know, recently and and are going to pay for it, you know, in the future. But I want to talk about the people renting who feel like I need to get into this mortgage game. It's not a home ownership game. It's a mortgage ownership game. Okay. Okay. So I'll leave you with this. If you're paying rent and it's, let's say, $2,200 a month. And you say to yourself, you know what? I can get a mortgage for $2,200 a month. And therefore, I should do that because that way I'm not paying somebody else's mortgage off. This is the mentality, right? The me versus them. Let me break it down. Watch this. The minute you start looking at it like that, you're already in a negative space. Whether you're paying someone's mortgage off or just paying the rent in an apartment building, you're paying somebody. doesn't matter who the individual is. That should never matter. The question should be, am I paying the right amount? Am I paying for the value that I'm getting? 
That's the first question. And if you're not, then make a change. But if you feel like you are, you're getting the value in the property that you're in and the, the rent that you're paying or the mortgage that you're paying, then be happy with it. However, the topic here is about rent versus mortgage. Check this out. If my rent is 2200 and my mortgage is 2200 I am better off renting. Hear me again. If you are in this predicament, you are actually better off renting. Let me explain. The individual who's renting <clears throat> may have to pay for the utilities as well. So let's say the 2200 becomes 20, 2500 Okay? 2500 a month. Now, the mortgage owner is doing the same thing. 2200 and they're going to pay 2500 because utilities are also separate bills. It has nothing to do with the mortgage. So again, we're in the same playing field, right? Check this out. The person who owns a mortgage is always going to tell themselves, I have equity. Or at least when I finish paying this mortgage, I own this home. Yes, that, but that's 25 years later. So 25 years later, you pay off this mortgage. You still have zero dollars. That mortgage owner or homeowner now is going to tell you, I have equity. That's great. Tell them to use that equity to do anything they want. And guess what? They will. They'll take it out and say, oh, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to renovate this and so forth. But equity is just another word for loan. As long as you're living in that house. The problem is most people buy a home and they are the ones living in it. That's the worst thing you can do because you're the one paying the mortgage. But if you're an investor and you buy the home and you let someone else live in it and pay the mortgage, you now have some passive income. A lot of people who are ahead in this game, believe it or not, buy homes, get someone else to live in it and pay the rent while they still rent because maybe the rent they're paying is much cheaper. So that's the way you can get out that cycle of, of being a mortgage owner. Let someone else live in it so you're not the primary residence and it becomes an investment property. That way you can get out of the game or ahead of the game, right? Now, it sounds great that I own a mortgage and eventually I'm going to own it. But again, like I said, that's 25 years down the line. Until that date comes, I'm responsible for fixing any electrical, plumbing, any appliances that goes wrong with this property. I'm responsible for mowing my lawn. That means I need a lawnmower. If I don't want to buy one, I'm going to pay someone to come and do that. That's an expense. Okay? I got to take care of my driveway. If it gets old and it gets dried up, right? I got to tar it up again. I got to seal it. 
I got to shovel the snow in my driveway and my, my walkways, the sidewalk. I got to do all of that stuff. Guess what? I need a snowblower. And if I don't want to spend that money, I need shovels. I need salt to salt the sidewalks. Okay? I need all of that stuff. So the question becomes, well, the person who's renting, what are they doing? They're only paying for their rent, utilities, and that's it. Groceries and everything else. Oh, the person paying the mortgage is doing the same thing. So that's nothing new. Oh, well, I get, I get to do my laundry at home because I own my mortgage. Okay, great. Um, your water bill's going up. But what about the, the, the renter? Oh, I can go to the laundromat. I pay this flat fee. I get my laundry done. I can come back. I don't pay any extra water bill. And the, the flat fee I'm paying to do my laundry is actually potentially going to be cheaper over the long run than you doing your laundry at home. Because once you do your laundry at home, you also got to do the drying, right? You need to dry your clothes. Right? So all these little nuances that the mortgage owner isn't factoring in. Oh, did I mention property tax? I should have said that right off the jump, right? But the renter doesn't have to pay a property tax. So I say all that to say this. If you are currently a renter, be a smart renter and get your money to work for you. If you're paying $2,200, just like the mortgage owner, then what you should do is say to yourself, wait a minute, that mortgage owner has to pay for a lawnmower. If it's a gas one, he's got to pay for the gas to put it in every time it's empty. He needs a snowblower. He might need a shed to store all these things in. Me, the renter, I don't have to pay any of that stuff. That's additional funds I could potentially have in my pocket. Now, if I have that extra funds, why don't I invest that? Why don't I get that to work for me and make me money while the mortgage guy works two to three jobs, if anything, and tries to make ends meet? So he can keep up with the Joneses. Now, <clears throat> someone listening to this who knows me is going to say, well, but Derek, you, you own a property. No, I own a mortgage. Had I known what I know now, when I was renting, I promise you I wouldn't be running to go and buy a home. I wouldn't. I ought to rent somebody else's house. I would have a lot more capital than I do now. Knowing what I know now. So that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. It's better for you to get in the market when the prices are logical. Right now, or recently, it was very illogical. Right? So I'm not saying one is better than the other or worse than the other. What I'm saying is weigh out your options and make the right decision that's suitable for you. By the way, don't take my word for anything. Do your own research. You know, consult with your advisors. Uh, your agents, and everything else. And they will walk you through everything. 
and, and guide you through the process. Okay. But it's just one of those debates, you know, a lot of people renting think that they're behind the eight ball or they're not getting ahead. No, it's all in the mind, the mindset that you have. If you can shift that and really look at the, the numbers and break down the numbers, you'll see that you're actually further ahead than the individual who is paying a mortgage. So I hope I was able to provoke some thought with this uh conversation with you guys here it was just a lot of things that was on my mind so i want to really spend some time on it um i didn't get where i wanted to get as far as the details and in-depth um you know analysis of of all of it but what i will do is i'll actually get some mortgage agents that i know and um some real estate agents some financial advisors to get on the show and actually give you some some tips that you know, some recommendations or suggestions that they, they would have. They are, in fact, the experts. I'm just here to share with you my experience and my thoughts and some of the rich conversations that I get to have with uh, some significant folks in my world. So without further ado, I'll leave you with that. I hope you appreciate the episode. Continue to support the show and share the links. Uh, share the episode with anybody that you think would benefit from it. Again, happy Easter. Until next episode, love, peace, and nappiness.